this group is not ready for that conversation. There's there's too much um, dissonance between understanding some of the fundamental basic metrics of traffic. And we were at the time, the metrics were like differences between visits and visitors and average time spent, which has zero impact on whether or not you're going to do a personalization or not. But they couldn't agree on which was the right metric to use. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. So yeah, Jason messaged me as well. He had a conflict come up, so he's not going to be able to to join us. So it's just going to be the two of us today. So exciting! Yeah, this should be should be a good one. I think uh, you should start with Bill Withers, just the two of us. Well, do do you want to um, give us a rendition? No. Ah, oh, come on. No, I play the music. I don't sing the music. I think you're just being humble. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so what's new with you? What's going on? Um, I feel like after yesterday, uh, I've kind of plateaued energy-wise, and I'm kind of slowed down a little bit, just naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yesterday was uh, it was just something building up to it, and I think all of us are just kind of happy it's over. Agreed, big time. Yeah. And it's actually, you know, I figured it'd be good to have this chat today based on that. So what, what we're alluding to, we're not going to mention the client, but you and I had to, uh, you know, we were part of a presentation with our main stakeholder to his executive team. So his boss, his boss's boss, um, and the person above them. So like this was... Um, you know, a, a, a going in, it can be a very intimidating thing. This is, you know, an intense crowd. Um, you know, many executives are intense in one way or another, but this group has their own version of, of intensity. A lot of no-nonsense stuff, and so I thought it'd be good to talk about this today because I think it's something all of us face in our career, um, at some point, at least you, you face this and it's, it's not something easy. And I think a lot of times when you're dealing with people who deal with analytics, it's very, a very nuancey thing. You're, you're involved in the details and with executives, you have to be very, very careful. You have to give the right detail. And I'm not saying omit something. I'm not saying lie about something, but sometimes if you give the wrong detail, a conversation can spiral. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, I've had quite a bit of experience with it, meeting with different executives of, you know, small companies all the way to, you know, Fortune 100 companies, being, you know, in, a, in meetings with CMOs or CTOs of, of, you know, Fortune 100 companies. And 
without fail, um, each of the meetings results in usually there being some sort of a sidetrack that um, comes up because somebody mentioned something or alluded to something being a problem or a challenge and it it really wasn't a challenge or a problem like maybe there were some data issues or maybe there was you know an implementation error or something like that um, but the way that it was phrased or the word choice um, resulted in the uh, you know an executive kind of just grabbing a hold of that and you know somewhat derailing the conversation for anywhere from five to 25 minutes and it it really kind of taking hold of of the meeting and getting everybody off track yeah that they, they start to fixate it fixate on it and they start to fixate on the the wrong thing um so for this particular client who we're, we're, we're not going to name a client this time around but what was your mindset um going into into this meeting as we were prepping over the last two and a half weeks so there was there's a handful of things um, first that comes to mind is really prepping our stakeholder um, and our main contact making sure that he was very clear on the agenda that we wanted to have and go through um, as part of the meeting but he was also um, messaging and setting expectations appropriately i feel like um, I feel like we did a, a decent job there. At times, there are challenges with primary points of contact or directors not really managing up effectively. Um, I don't feel like that was the case here, but I, I've seen that being a problem in the past. And so I think step one for anybody that's in that situation is make sure that your contact is very clear on the outcome and objectives um, and that they're communicating that appropriately. Um, because if they're not, um, and, and it's kind of a, a mixed message that's going internally, you can walk into a completely different type of meeting than you anticipated um, that, that will take you in a very different direction or you're just not prepared for it. So um, that was one thing I, I feel like we did very, very well. Um, secondarily, I think we, we established what that agenda was um, with plenty of time to prepare the content or modify content um, throughout. Um, and so just having a very clear idea of what you want to accomplish, what what you know the needs are going to be um, from the members or the, the meeting participants um, and making sure that that agenda is clear. And then finally, um, maybe the third thing is just, uh, you know, revising that the overall presentation or agenda a number of times, giving yourself plenty of times to review that with, with all participants and revising that um, all the way up until maybe maybe a day before. Um, there's always going to be a couple of last-minute changes, but hopefully you're not making wholesale changes, you know, an hour before a meeting like that. You should, you should pretty much be ready to go about a day in advance. Yeah, and in this case, you know, I felt like our stakeholder was was very receptive to us helping plan out the agenda, plan out the content, you know, detail out what we're, we're going to talk about. Have you ever had a situation where you, there was the opposite, where it was kind of like you're pigeonholed, you have to make this kind of presentation and regardless of what you think, here's what you want, you're going to have to say? Yeah, that's, that's actually more often the case, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, 
as a consultant, we're hired to help people do their job that they can't do without us in a lot of cases. And so oftentimes um, they come to us as consultants and say, you know, this is this is a message we need to get out. I can't necessarily deliver it um, in a certain way. And, and I need you to deliver that message to my my executive team or, um, you know, we're the solution coming in. Right. They they've hired a, a consultant to analyze a problem and make recommendations and it's not something that they can do but but they know that they they need us to make a recommendation so for example um was uh in in the past couple of years was pulled in for a major retailer to really help them um get data from all of their digital properties much quicker um and in a more real-time state and we were hired to look at their their data collection and data capture process from top to bottom and, and come up with recommendations um, and then ultimately present that to their CTO um, of a you know multi-billion dollar you know retailer and so we went through and did that and um, came up with recommendations at the time I was working for Adobe and there was product recommendations and you know some software sales that was was involved in that but um, you know it was not something that that our stakeholder could ever have delivered on their own because they didn't know what the answer was and they were looking for us to, to actually do that. And, and, and so in a way they dictated what the agenda would be by leaving it very open um, to us to define what we, what we knew the agenda needed to be. It's almost like, I mean, have you ever come across that where like you told someone no, or you told them what they didn't want to hear and they actually, you, they actually had a better reaction than if you just tried to gloss over it or tell them something that they wanted to hear? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I really do think that that's the staple of a, a really effective um, consultant or employee, to be honest, is one that, one that is honest um, and has the confidence that can say no with, um, with reasoning behind it that makes sense, right? I mean, we're not just saying, you know, go say no just for, you know, for the heck of it, just because we can. Um, but having a real reason and basis for saying no and providing an alternative or reasoning behind it is what makes really effective employees. Um, there are certain leaders that do want to be surrounded by yes men, and I, I don't find that very appealing for me to um to work for those types of individuals or or be in those environments i think that um, it's much more constructive to, to hire smart people um, and work with smart people that are are willing to be honest and and push back um appropriately and and challenge challenge the norm and challenge the status quo yeah i work for one guy that called those yes people bobbleheads <laughs> Did you were 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 you a bobblehead or or did you recognize the bobbleheads and were there? Their uh, I mean, I recognized them. You know, here's the thing. Here's another thing I've recognized about myself. I, I I'm a people pleaser at heart. I, I want to make you know make people happy and you know make sure I do good by people. But that also conflicts with the consultant in me, which is no, you got to tell them the truth. You know, tell, tell them to be honest. So there, uh, I, there's times I really have to like p 
push the people pleaser in me away and it's like you know shut up sit in the corner because i actually have to do my job which is in this case you know it you know in the long run i'll make them happy but in the short term they're not going to be happy maybe maybe you're just bipolar i don't know that could be that too (laughs) i'm just teasing i i think we're we find ourselves um battling that uh, battling that constantly um you know, and then there's there's times too. Um, actually, I think I think our stakeholder did this to us a couple of times because you and I were pushing back on some of the messaging um, and the order, and and finally he was like, you know, I know this isn't the ideal. I know this isn't what we want to do. It's not what I want to do. But ultimately, we kind of have to have this message up front, um, and then we can talk about everything else. And um, what what I think is is critical for being effective is is the fact that you can be honest and actually have that um, real conversation um, where it is a partnership, right? I, I never felt like um, in this, you know, this last week that we were being forced to do something um, and not respect it. I think that's that's the big difference is when you're you're told to do something and it's out of just a demand and not out of like mutual respect and understanding of, of the situation. Oh yeah. With, with this particular case, there was definitely a lot of back and forth and, you know, we would say, you know, we, we would recommend to do it one way and, you know, he would come back and recommend to do it another way. I think we ultimately got to, to a middle and there was very few cases where, you know, I think it was really only two items where he came back and said, listen, I know this is not the way you recommended it. We can, approach it in this way that gets you kind of close to the way you recommend but ultimately we still have to take care of it this way um and you know the fact that there was only a couple of them one it definitely wasn't pressed upon us words weren't put in our mouths you know what you and i had to to say yesterday was was our own words it's what we we believe we weren't having to make stuff up and again having been there before being kind of told what to, to say and do um yeah, I, we were able to go in and believe what we said yesterday. Yep. Yep. Totally. Totally. So tell me about a time um, that you've been in a situation to present to an executive on um, like a wholesale change of, of directions um, that they wanted to go in. So, for example, um, you know, they wanted to implement a solution uh, for a specific use case, you did your due diligence. You realized it couldn't happen that way, and you had to you had to change their mind. What what did you do for hmm. a, a situation like that, or do you have a situation like that? Let's see. I mean, I know I do. I just got to think through what would be something good. Maybe maybe while you're thinking, I'll I'll talk about another one. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me keep thinking. I was in San Francisco for a quarterly business review and. Um, you know, we had this client that was adamant that they wanted to do, in their mind, real-time personalization in being able to do take data of, of users as they were on the website in real-time, process that, and then change their experience real-time based on some of the, the pages that they were viewing or actions that they were taking. Um, and in this in this QBR um, quarterly business review, um, the analytics person was talking about certain metrics in their 
um, one of the VPs was talking about another metric, and another, and then the CMO finally asked, well, what what's the difference between those two metrics? And and the VP and the analytics director started to go back and forth, and and there was there was a little bit of a break in the conversation, and and I took that as an opportunity, and kind of changed the tone of of the overall QBR, and and said, you know. We, we wanted to talk about real-time personalization, but, but to be honest, this group is not ready for that conversation. There's, there's too much um, dissonance between understanding some of the fundamental basic metrics of traffic. And we were, at the time, the metrics were like differences between visits and visitors and average mm -hmm. time spent, which has zero impact on whether or not you're going to do a personalization or not, but they couldn't agree on which was the right metric to use. And the point was, is that they, they wanted to be, you know, soaring in the clouds with all of the Eagles doing the most fancy newest thing. And the reality was, is they, they still hadn't figured out how to use the wheels on a car. Um, and, and were just barely walking with some of their, their interaction. And so, um, I, I took that opportunity and, and was was very careful about my word choice in that situation. Um, but uh, when we broke for lunch and we were going to come back later, the CMO walked over to me, handed me his card and said, I'm not sure where you've been for the last year as, we, as we've been working um, with your company, but I need to speak to you more um, and we need to have more conversation like what you were starting with us. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a really, it was one of those moments that you kind of look back on your career and you think, um, it's good to be bold, but it's also good to be careful about how you're being bold. And that was, that was a moment in which I was being very bold, um, and taking a risk of, of kind of speaking very directly to a group, um, in that situation. And, and it was very much appreciated, um, because I think what happens is, um, the higher up in organizational structure there's there's fear of individuals wanting to to be more honest and you get more of the bobbleheads as you call them of of people just yes men um or yes it's great or this is great or that's great and not really talking about you know the challenges that exist mm -hmm. um i actually thought of a thought of a great example as well but it has opposite results to you so i mean your story made me think of this so a few years ago we're working with a client and we come in and like they had a very basic web analytics implementation on the site and then they also had another tool that was collecting data and so we go through and we 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 fix issues with the basic web analytics implementation we 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 enhance it we make it much more robust and then as we start to validate between that system and another system we start to notice major gaps so of course the the initial reaction and this is this is a very small client so you know some of the people that on this are like the CMO mm -hmm. and so we're, you know, the initial the figure, you know, the initial idea is, okay, there's issues with what we built. So we go through and we start to uh, investigate. We start to, to audit it and we come back like, no, it, it's working correctly. So then we come to find out that the other tool is the one that had the issues. 
and it was actually overinflating numbers. So the conversation then turned to, you know, which one's correct. And we said, like, we've we've gone in. We 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 can prove that the the analytics impl- implementation is correct. The other system is not. Mm-hmm. So and then. So they come back to us after we, we present our findings and show them that, that it's correct. Well, can you fix the analytics implementation so the numbers align? And we're like, so you want us to break it then? You want us to report incorrect numbers so that it matches the other set of numbers? And the, the root of that was because they had been making marketing decisions based <laughs> off of bad numbers. Yeah. So like the director of marketing and their boss, the CMO, did not want to have the conversation about that what they had been making decisions on for months is wrong and have to push that up to their boss. Yeah. So it, you know, like this was one where it went the complete opposite way because they would not have any conversation about saying, no, you need to go in and reevaluate what you've been doing because you've been doing it off of bad numbers. Isn't that fun? Oh, it was a blast. <laughs> it it also reminds me of when uh, when you're in that situation and and somebody is is migrating from one tool to another and and you get that inherent person that will re- will not allow the new solution to go live until you have a one to one match of, of oh metrics. god I get the shakes with that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but yes, to hear to hear that people want you to change and manipulate the data to be inaccurate just for the sake of um, not wanting to share bad news mm-hmm. um, is it's you know it, it's an interesting interesting situation that yeah. I think exists a lot more often than we we might even realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we ultimately said like you know, we, we we can't have any part of that. Like we, we we can't make the numbers align because again, it comes down to break the system that's accurate so it matches the inaccurate system you have been using. Instead of saying we found major gaps and we now have better data. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like I mean, is it just me or does it seem common sense that the 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 second response is the better one? We have better data. We've been making bad decisions. We can make better decisions now. Yep. Or, or am I just being naive? You know, you're, you're not in the position where maybe you're going to have to not get a bonus. You know, I mean, I, we've talked to in these. In, uh, okay, so let me, let me step back. You're not alone here in, in this audience, but... Um, you know, individuals do interesting things when their own paycheck is going to be impacted directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe they weren't planning on being there for a long time and they knew, okay, I've got to get one more, um, you know, one more year out of this and then I'm going to move on to my next thing. So uh, I don't care what, what the data looks like, right? I think that happens a lot. And in people need to really educate themselves and really challenge, um, you know, if they're in a position where they're receiving data to make sure the data is accurate. And if they're providing data, make sure that the data is accurate. But um, all too often, I, I don't think people make decisions off of accurate data. And it's, it's a big problem. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm going to take Jason's spot. Like, I actually pegged that one for, for a future episode. You know, how do you deal with imperfect data? Because I don't think data is you know, perfect either, but you can make it as, you know, as close to accurate as possible, knowing that there's going to be certain gaps within it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, the quest for perfect data is one that we're all on and we'll never find the, uh, the chest. Mm -hmm. you know? So I want to hone in on something specific we talked about yesterday. And it's something you and I had been talking a lot in, in prepping because there was something really good yesterday that you said that I think made a major difference in the tone of the conversation. Okay. So one of the things, so I've been working with this particular client for a few years. You've come on recently as we've expanded the engagement. The initial engagement was just more like the technical instrumentation, the, the data foundation. As you've come on, we've expanded into, okay, let's actually help you use the data now. You spent all this time. You spent the last two years in build. Um, it's it, it, it's now time to start using what you have. And one of the things I've noticed with them over the years is they like to collect a lot of data, um, mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily use it. So to me, I think part of it is is just like that. There's this short term feeling of we're getting better every time something new is is instrumented. Um, and then there's just the there they are starting to get into a cycle of just constantly evaluating the data that they have and not actually moving into it. And then you brought up yesterday, it's like you see this all the time. No one wants to leave the build phase. And I'll let you say exactly what you said, but to, to paraphrase what you said, you know, like no one actually wants to get out of the build phase. They get stuck in that and never actually move on to, to actually using it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always this desire to get more data and and every time you get more reports or variables or or metrics than you had before um you know we've seen this a lot actually with this client for um you know for their their thirst for data around like their internal search capabilities every time every time new data is available it just naturally creates more questions um, that they want to answer and and then you know more data is needed that then provides you know additional questions that oh well I should have thought about this now too can we implement more and and the reality is is you're always going to be looking for more ways to analyze the behavior but that shouldn't stop you from starting to act on it now and and um, you know I, I I saw this a lot where um, it, it usually depends on which which part of the company owns the technology contract, and um, those those companies that are really technology driven, um, where it's like IT that owns like the analytics contract, they're going to be more apt to want to continually develop and justify, um, you know, their jobs and their development resources. Whereas if it's if it's a marketing driven organization and marketing owns the contract for analytics, they're wanting to get to the point where they can use that data quickly and start acting on it and and start do, doing optimization more quickly. Um, and it's a matter of finding that balance. And there's a spectrum of of where everybody lives. Is it, you know, hey, we're always looking to add more data. Or are we always looking to act? Um, but you want to find yourself trying to act on the data as soon as possible. I mean, even even on some of the most basic data available, whether it's just 
page views and understanding the flow of users from one page to another um, based on a segment of traffic source. There's a lot of action you can take just off of that one data set and that's out of the box um, with any solution. Um, so the moment you layer on custom metrics or, or custom variables and other custom dimensions, um, you can start taking action so, so quickly. And, and I think all too often people are uh, just wanting to, to get to all of the answers and have every answer available, but, but you're never going to be there. Um, nobody has every answer um, available to them at all time. It, it's always changing. And, and like I mentioned, when, when you started to go into that, 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 that changed the tone because they were focused on a recent review that we've done. So like I mentioned, we, we, we designed this implementation a little over two years ago. So still fairly young, but there's been some major changes within the org. Um, some of the goals have changed. Some of the measurement needs have changed. So, you know, I, I know you and I going into that review weren't necessarily going to say, well, we're going to start from scratch. A few people had whispered that. I said, no, we don't need to do that. Um, and so with that, you know, they, they, they felt there were major data gaps. So we go into the review and we actually find that the, the data gaps are minimal. It's um, knowledge and, and how to find, you know, and how to, to get to it. But there were still a few people in the room yesterday still fixated on we need more data until, until you brought that up. So, you know, it, it was it was definitely something that helped really push them out of this mindset of we, we just need to capture all the data and everything will be fine. If anything, you know, it's it's we need to make sure that you're focusing on using it and less on the instrumentation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I luckily that that one approach um, went well. It, it was a bit of a risky thing to to call that out, and like I said, it was it, in a way it was a subtle challenge to the team to really get their mindset. And and I think part of it too is like I, the. The reason I, I or uh, the reason I th I think they focus on what's potential data gaps is I don't think they want to face the bigger question is is what else could we be missing, which is the bigger question like do we have the right people on the team, do we have the right knowledge, do we need to go out and bring more people in? It's you know we'll just you know short term solution is is there's a data gap so just go fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I think you, you subtly challenge them like, no, we need to help you gain the knowledge. You need to actually use it. You have the majority of the data that you need. And if anything, the, the data gaps are minimal. Yeah. And, and actually I, I, it wasn't as much of a risk, um, as maybe we're making it sound on this podcast because our, our stakeholder actually had a great visual that he had put together mm -hmm. that, that indicated, um, it was a really, actually really liked that visual and I'm going to steal it for other situations in the future um, of a Venn diagram of data that, that they have. Um, and then another uh, circle that overlaid that showed um, the data gap and then where they overlap is actually like a perceived data gap, but really it's a lack of education and knowledge how to get the value. And, and the perception of the team before this call was that those two circles had no overlap at all. But the reality was, is there was, you know, a good 70 to 80% of the, of the thought of where they had data gaps was actually an overlap. 
um, and that Venn diagram existed. And there are some data gaps, but again, they're marginal. They're on the fringe of, of kind of those really deep questions on a very specific use case. But the reality is, is they have so much data that they can be using. And, and I think that having, having that alignment and a partnership, which we have a very strong partnership with this stakeholder, um, for him to lead out with that actually made it possible for us to have a more authoritative voice um, and put that recommendation out there more firmly um, than otherwise maybe we, we would have been able to otherwise. Mm -hmm. No, oh, agreed. You know, his, you know, his giving that, that visual, I think said more than anything that, than the three of us could have said combined, right? You know, it, 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 it was a very simple, but powerful, powerful image. And yes, I think it set us up because it also put us in a position to challenge the executive team. And I'm going to use the word challenge because yeah. we were basically telling them that you guys keep, did you come back to thinking that you have instrumentation gaps and we, you know, you don't you know, but um, it allowed us to turn around and say, or he opened the door for us to say that and for them to be receptive to it. I think it may not have gone over as well or may have been ignored had, had he not used that. Yeah. Totally, totally. And I am really going to steal that, that visual too. It, it's a good one. It was good. It could, right. have been, it could have been designed a little bit better, you know, but, but the concept was solid and that's what matters. So, so as we start to uh, start to wrap up, you know, like what are like, what, what's like the one or two key things that you think are important going into this conversation? I think we touched on briefly as we started, then we got really weedsy. But just to, to, to start to summarize, like, what are the things that you've found that make you successful going into this conversation? Because like we also said, like, these things can easily, easily spiral. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think preparation is key. Um, and you for, just stole mine. <laughs> uh, for all meetings, but in, in these situations, I think that's, that's really uh, critical. Um, going in here and, and I'm not just talking individual preparation. Um, there's, there's usually a group of people that have an agenda um, and make sure you understand everybody's agenda and what they want their what the outcome is expected for everybody and prep accordingly with that. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about, you know, kind of bad news. Don't be, don't be afraid of sharing the bad news, but be confident about it and share it, you know, share solutions alongside it. You don't want to be the, the person that just, is always bringing up problems and no solutions, um, you know, and, and have that there. And then, you know, finally, I would, I would say to, um, you know, use as, as few words as possible um, out of fear that you might say something that just comes across incorrectly or the tone isn't right. And so just be, be, be concise with, with mm -hmm. what it is that you're going to say. Yeah, it makes total sense because I, I was going to say the the preparation route because like I'm the type of person like when I'm comfortable with something I can wing it and and wing it well like I I can do very well like you know on the fly but you cannot go on the fly with something like this um, you know words are important like you need to look over every little thing that you're going to say and, and make sure to cover like what we shouldn't talk about what are words that we shouldn't use. 
that could potentially send the conversation into in, into a spiral. So I, I, I think I absolutely agree with with number one being preparation and making sure that your your language is not something that's going to set somebody off. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think that's, I mean, that, that really is everything. You know, we've just solved the world's problems, right? We that did. Prepare and keep it concise, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think th- those are the two key things for, for success like this. And then honestly, I think for the one thing that I, you know, I'm still working on myself is, is don't let your stakeholder freak you out. <laughs> because they're going to be scared going in, sitting down with their boss's boss's boss. You need to be the calm, cool, collected one. Yeah. Um, you you can't allow them to let, you know to to get you off frantic or or things are not going to go well either. So yeah. that's probably my other one is is be the calm, cool, collected one. Um, and the, else, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up for for a pretty painful meeting. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe, uh, maybe I've got one final one as well as we're we're piling on at the end, and that is, um, don't be intimidated by titles. People are people, <laughs> and and in the end, yeah, um, you know, if if you're asked to be in a meeting there, um, to represent a topic, it's not by accident. So, do your homework. Make sure you've got the right answers. Um, you've thought about contingencies or, or other things like that but just realize in the end you know just like the the kind of the mantra of what we do here at 33 sticks we're about helping people and you know even though somebody carries a, a c-level title or an evp or vp title they're still individuals and humans and so just you know don't let it don't don't psych yourself out of the situation because of of a scare of the title I think with that, I think, you know, th- this has been a fun one. Um, you know, like I, I was kind of curious to see if we you know, would be able to fill the time, just the two of us. Um, you know, Jason was able to make it at the last moment. I think it, it's good. And, and we've teed up data hoarders for a future topic. Oh, yeah, I got to write that one down, too. Data hoarders. Yeah. The new, the next A&E special. <laughs> I, I can see the trailer for it now. <laughs> we we can spoof that pretty well. Oh, I am so going to see what I can do with that. So, cool, man. So I guess we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up for here. And uh, thank you much for the time. Yeah, absolutely. Until next time. Yep. Catch you later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.